0: Morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke F Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, once again, recording from the home bunker. Folks, you know, I know that the news has beaten this story to death, but I can't help but discuss it on here. Over the holiday weekend, Donald Trump found himself dining with a known white supremacist white nationalist, anti-Semite named Nick Fuentes, along with Kanye West. And the media spin out from this over the last couple of days has allowed us once again to believe that Donald Trump is both a genius businessman, can do no wrong, and yet a bumbling fucking idiot and doesn't know who is coming to his home in Mar-a-Lago. Because Donald Trump, when brought the evidence to his face, who Nick Fuentes is, what he stands for, what he has said, what events he has spoken at, Donald Trump is, oh, well, he was nice to me. So I guess it doesn't matter that he's not so nice to black people or Jewish people or Muslim people or women uh, at that, right? Because he's also one of those fucking incel, misogynist, like, bullshit guys um, that Donald Trump loves to pal around with, like an Elon Musk. I digress. But Donald Trump has been able to say, and the media has said, well, he didn't know who he was dining with. Well, there are a couple of things that are wrong with that sentiment. Number one, you can't both have people believe that you are a genius and also a fucking idiot, right? Because this has been the normal pattern with Donald Trump. Oh, he doesn't know any better. Oh, he had no idea. Oh, he minced up his words. Oh, he didn't mean to say that let me remind you that the man is 70 fucking something years old. Okay. He is not an adolescent. He is not a toddler. He's not a fucking child. So this perpetual, like, you know, naivete that we want to have around who Donald Trump is and what he should know. The man was the former president of the United States. Let's stop treating this motherfucker with kid gloves. Let's stop giving Donald Trump the benefit of the doubt, which he ran out of fucking years ago, okay? When he came down the escalator calling Mexicans rapists and murderers, right? When he said that he could grab a woman by the pussy because he's a star and when they're a star, they'll let you do it. A man who has multiple sexual assault cases that have been brought against him. So, can we stop playing this bullshit game in the media of, oh, because I don't say that I'm a racist out loud, then that means that I'm not a racist, or we can all pretend that we don't know what is in Donald Trump's heart, or the fact that the Republican Party, who has been silent on his dinner companions, and the fact that this entire fucking party is associated with white nationalists, because they don't say it outright? And even when they do, the media still treats it as like, oh, well, maybe she means it. Maybe he means it. Maybe they don't. Marjorie Taylor Greene has spoken at events with Nick Fuentes, has gone to talk about white nationalism, white Christianity. Paul Gosar has also spoken at events with Nick Fuentes, has talked about white nationalism. If it walks like a duck and talks like a racist duck, it's a fucking racist duck. So can we stop playing these stupid fucking games where we pretend that we don't know what Donald Trump is doing, that we don't know that he's a white supremacist. The man referred to African nations as shithole countries. The man referred to COVID-19 as the Kung flu. The man referred to undocumented people as aliens and put children in cages. Said, why can't we bring in people from, you know, those good Norwegian countries like Finland or something like that? Donald Trump is a white supremacist. Finally, Ben Rhodes, an MSNBC contributor, Finally, said it on cable news. It was the first time that I've heard it said on cable news by another white man who is just like, can we stop pretending here? So I would like to go even a step further. Can we stop allowing the Republican Party to continue to operate like it is a normal political party when we know, in fact, that it is a well-funded, well-organized political hate group? That's what it is. The reason why Republicans are not condemning the dinner with Nick Fuentes is because many of them believe the same fucking shit and they know that this is who their base is. So if your base is a bunch of white supremacist supporters, what the fuck does that make you? So my, my feeling here, folks, is that It's intellectually dishonest for us to keep playing this double Dutch game back and forth, back and forth about whether or not Donald Trump is a racist. Donald Trump has told you himself that he is. Donald Trump has surrounded himself with people who believe in the replacement theory, people who discuss it. So, what do they say? The old saying goes. That if you lay down with dogs, you're going to get up with fleas. This is Donald Trump. This is the Republican party. You know, when Hillary Clinton back in 2016 referred to Donald Trump supporters as a basket of deplorables, she didn't go further enough. She didn't go far enough. Because they're not just deplorable. They're fucking vile. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gosar, Donald Trump, these people do not deserve to have political titles. They don't deserve to be a part of our government. Like, where the fuck do we draw the line? Is there no line for us to draw? I thought that it was very clear, right? that anti-Semitism, bad, racism, bad, misogyny, bad, homophobia, transphobia, bad, bad. I, I, I like, it is so utterly frustrating to watch reporters contort themselves so as not to offend the most vile people and their vile ass supporters. Oh, I don't know if we can call Donald Trump a white supremacist. I don't know if that person that gunned down all of those black people in the store is a white supremacist, unless they leave a manifesto, unless they write it up, unless it says so that I am proudly racist on my social media. I guess we're just going to be left with wondering. No folks, it's really fucking clear. What isn't clear to me is the decision to tap dance around these issues. What isn't clear to me is what does the media actually get? What do they get from pretending? You know, the Republicans are getting ready to take over the House in January when they come back for their new session. And it is not clear whether or not Kevin McCarthy is going to get the gavel back because there are many members who are saying that they're not voting for him. And, you know, not like there is any one of them that is actually better because they're all a bunch of spineless ass kissing white nationalists, right? Like that's who the Republican party is. It's fascinating to me though, that we're going to go back. Republicans are going to take over the house. The news is going to cover their bullshit hearings as if there's some type of merit that is there. Let's do a series of investigations into Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden's laptop, or, as Ted Cruz said on his own podcast the other day, "Oh no, we need to not go after Hunter Biden because Joe Biden is the Godfather." What the fuck are you talking about, Ted Cruz? Like in all honesty. You allowed a man who called your wife ugly, who disrespected you, disrespected your family to continue to do so, so that you could have some type of power. You kissed the ring of a known criminal. How many fucking lawsuits does Donald Trump have against him right now? From everything from fucking tax evasion to. You know, trying to pressure a, a Secretary of State to, you know, find him 11,700 and some odd votes. You know, I'm tired of the lawsuits, and what I want are the indictments. What I want are the fucking charges to stick. But how Ted Cruz finds it within himself to say that Joe Biden, a man that has given himself to public service for his entire life, who has done nothing but good. Like with his own life, like, yeah, Joe Biden has presided over legislation that we know was fucked up and has tried to make amends for those things like the fucking crime bill. Right. Um, like his, you know, attacks on, uh, on Anita Hill during, uh, Clarence Thomas's hearing, like all of those things, we know that Joe Biden is not perfect, but what we know For a fact is that Joe Biden is not a fucking criminal, like the one that Ted Cruz fucking capes for, that the whole Republican party capes for knowing that Donald Trump is a criminal because they all benefit from it. And what I am tired of is the media giving everyone the benefit of the doubt. Oh, do you, when Donald Trump was asked on stage, do you denounce the Proud Boys the oath keepers. No, he told them to stand back and stand by and then weaponized a the crowd filled with those proud boys and oath keepers to go attack the Capitol building. But we're still waiting around for Merrick Garland to decide that he's going to have a special counsel to take more time to run out the clock to, you know, come up with nothing. Another nothing burger like the Mueller report ended up being. What pisses me off is when people say like, oh, well, Ted Cruz knows better. Does he? Because when people continue to act against the interests of this country, right, when people continue to support and uphold people who support and uphold white nationalists, how difficult is it to just connect the fucking dots? I'm confused. I really am. So you had Senator Bill Cassidy tweeted yesterday, President Trump hosting racist anti-Semites for dinner encourages other racist anti-Semites. These attitudes are immoral and should not be entertained. This is not the Republican Party. And my quote retreat said this, let's be clear. Your base is filled with Nazis, white nationalists, racists, anti-Semites, and more. This is the Republican Party. Marjorie Taylor Greene has spoken at events with Nick Fuentes and she is McCarthy's right hand. This is who you all love and lift up. They don't denounce anything that Trump does and what people fail to realize, what they fail to realize is that their silence is their alignment. Right? Like, The Republicans are not being held hostage by Donald Trump. They are willing accomplices. They are aligned with Trumpism. And Trumpism includes anti-Semitism. It includes racism. It includes hate in all its forms. Oh, it's, you know, it's fine to be a homophobe, I guess, if you're the governor of a state like Greg Abbott or Ron DeSantis. And you can pass legislation that bars gay people from, you know, living full and complete lives. That's okay. So long as you throw up Christianity in front of it, right? Like those are things that are still acceptable that we accept as normal legislation. To me, there is no distinction between the racists and the anti-Semites and the homophobes and the transphobes. They are the same fucking people. What I would love, what I would love is for everybody that gets on television to take a page out of Ben Rhodes' book. Just say the fucking truth. Donald Trump is a white nationalist. Donald Trump is the leader of the Republican Party. The Republican Party is a white nationalist party. That's it. End of story and cover them as such. That's it. You don't need people to say to you, I am a racist. You watch what they do. You watch what they say. You watch who they hang with. So in every single one of those aspects, Donald Trump and the Republican Party has shown us who they are. Believe them. Coming up next, friends, I'm very excited that there are a couple of uh, episodes uh, coming up this week where I have the opportunity to sit down with young people who are still in high school, Um, young queer kids who had the ability to attend the It Gets Better Youth Conference. Meet other queer kids in person and actually hear about what is on their minds, what concerns them. Because you see, what we do is that as a society, we talk at kids and we talk about kids, but we don't really talk to kids, particularly queer ones, particularly those that are marginalized. We use them as political footballs, but we don't actually know how it's affecting their day to day. So in today's interview, I interview a young person by the name of Chloe, who is a non-binary artist, and I will talk to them about what it's like to be out and queer um, as a young person, what they think about how LGBTQ people are being treated, and what are some of the biggest misconceptions that we have. That conversation with Chloe is coming up next. Folks, I am very excited to be joined on this episode uh, of Woke AF by a couple of youth queer advocates um, who participated in the It Gets Better Campaign's Youth Summit. And today I'm joined by Chloe, who is a non-binary artists who likes to express their creativity with different mediums such as drawing writing and painting and they enjoy writing articles and drawing different things that they find interesting chloe tell me how was the youth summit experience for you
1: um the youth summit experience it was it was new because i'm not around a lot of um young queer people like um, here in North Carolina. So it was like really interesting to interact with them like other than online. And even though I'm kind of shy myself, I enjoyed it. It was, it was nice to have like conversations in person because like you have a lot of conversations online, but like in person is really different.
0: So what kind of conversations were you having? What were some of the sessions that you attended that were really interesting to you?
1: Um, some of the sessions um were like when we played um different games and stuff and um just talking about like our lives and how like they're so connected even though like we come from all around um like it's it's similar but it's different. Like it was so interesting seeing that. So you live in North
0: Carolina. What grade are mm-hmm.
1: you in? Tenth.
0: In tenth grade, okay. And what is it like being in 10th grade and being queer in North Carolina?
1: Being queer in North Carolina, it's like, I I even state this while I was on the summit. I'm not necessarily, I'm not very expressive with my identity. I'm Mm -hmm. more expressive online than I am in person because I just feel like, it's a lot of, it can be like a lot of unsolicited opinions and mm-hmm. judgment that I really don't want to hear. And I feel like, you know, I feel like my identity is sacred to me. And so if I don't feel comfortable sharing it with you, it's not like my obligation to tell you. So I, I don't, I wouldn't like say I have like the experience of being like, um, really like, I, I'm queer in North Carolina, but I'm not open about it. So it's like kind of different.
0: Can you tell me a bit about your online experience? Is it different chat rooms that you go to, different platforms that you use? Um, how do you create online community?
1: Um, I, I don't necessarily go to chat rooms like earlier. Um, during when I was first like exploring my identity, I um I would go to different like like, um, informational sessions. It would be, like, a chat room, right? But it would be, like, about, like, Vogue and like, ballroom. stuff. So I would go to those sessions. But that only happened, like, once. And, um, I necessarily just talk about, like, I'm over on my identity on Instagram and mm-hmm. things of that nature. But, um, it's, it's just, like, somebody, like, signing up on your story, they're like, hey, I'm by too, And it's, like, that sort of thing. I don't really, like, it's not really like an in-depth conversation unless like I'm like, I personally know you or we got to know each other.
0: What made you want to attend the Youth Summit? Was this your first time?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, last year, even though I did in the program last year, we didn't have a Youth Summit last year. So, like, because of COVID. But um, I wanted to attend because I feel like I've never been to LA. And then I feel like it would be a great time to, like, Interact with um people, um other queer people, because um I don't get a lot of that in North Carolina.
0: Is there? Do you have within your school a GSA, any type of programs that are directed towards LGBTQ
1: youth? I um I don't believe so. Um I remember in middle school they had a GSA, but. From the time I was in, I transitioned from middle school and high school. I moved to um, a different high school. Like, like I live in in like like a predominantly white suburb of Charlotte. So I moved to a more um, diverse um, part of Charlotte to go to school. I didn't physically move, but I decided to go to school there. And so um, we're kind of behind on clubs. Like, I, my mm. school just bought back clubs this year. So it's like, we have, I think it's like art clubs and stuff, but it's not like DSA. Okay.
0: What kind of programs or what kind of groups do you go to in person? If you go to any at all, are there that, are there available for people that are your age? Um, I I wouldn't know because,
1: um, I, I don't go to any, Cause I feel like it's like kind of like a disconnect from going to different, to from, for going to like a different state to go to school is kind of like a disconnect and like some things like sometimes I feel like more, it's more diverse and like more open in Charlotte, but I, I live like it is different because it's like, I I don't get home from school to a certain time. And then like my parents don't get off of work to a certain time. So it's like some things like in person, most things I can only do virtual cause it's like, That's just, like,
0: how my life is set up. It's it's how my life is set up right now as well. I prefer to do things virtually. Um, Tell me, Chloe, what do you think that older people get wrong when they're talking about queer youth?
1: I feel like what older um, people get wrong is, like, just the whole concept and the whole... Um. This is new. I never like a, a lot of older people. I noticed they try to say, "Oh, we we never had this back in my day." When well, actually, I feel like they actually did, but they kind of shut them down. Or, um, people were less expressive because they could get hate crime and the person who would hate crime them. They wouldn't get any like punishment for it. So I feel like uh, most older people they feel like this is a it's a surprise to them, and like they often overreact to like certain things. Like if they see like a queer couple or like um it's i feel like trans youth especially a lot of old older um people they overreact to it but mm-hmm. they feel like um yeah. it's new when it's like really not and like people like they know themselves like they i feel like you know i repeating myself it feels like a lot of older um people they live in a heteronormative like mindset yeah where they feel like if it's not mm-hmm. heteronormative like is like mind blowing when
0: it's really it, it really shouldn't be because people know themselves. Like you said, what message would you send to people in order to get them to be more open-minded? Because a lot of, a lot of older people say, you know, you're too young to make decisions about yourself, to make decisions, um, about your body what message would you send to them?
1: Um, a message I would send to them is to educate themselves. Cause it's really, it's really down to them. Cause I feel like at a certain point, um, it's the difference between ignorance and like hatred, like ignorance is like, you don't know. And but you're, It's like thin line because hatred is like you know you're wrong and you know you don't know everything about the subject but you continue to stay uneducated about it. So I feel like it's up to them to educate themselves. And I feel like, um, yeah, it's real. It's really up to them because at the end of the day, the people they like feel like they're trying to spew hate against and their ignorance against. They're gonna continue to live their lives how they want to live their lives. So Mm -hmm. it's like it's up to them. Mm -hmm.
0: What advice, last question for you, what advice do you give to other people, young people your age that may not feel comfortable yet coming out or are scared to come out? What advice do you give to them?
1: Well, my advice I would give them is don't come out if you're not ready, because I feel like coming out is not essential. Like, you don't need to announce everyone. Like, like, straight people, they don't announce everyone they're, um, um, straight. So, it's, like, if you don't feel like coming out, you don't have to, but if you feel like you want to come out, like, you should, like, make sure you're comfortable, you're ready, like, um, you're in a safe environment, like, Mm -hmm. you should, like, um, Mm -hmm. just, just take your time, like, it don't try to, like, um, force it or try to make it, um, unnatural because, so-and-so says so, or you feel like you're obligated to telling them, just, like, make sure you're comfortable and safe with doing it.
0: Chloe, thank you so much for making the time to join Woke AF and sharing your thoughts and your experiences at Youth Summit. I really appreciate you.